Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, find us on the web at revivallifechurch.org. Hallelujah. Man, I'm, I'm looking forward to the men's event, the football game. You know, Devin Singletary got five rushing touchdowns yesterday. If you're not a football player person, that's a big deal. That's awesome. Great. There's college football players who don't get five in their career. He got five yesterday. That's good. So he plays for FAU. He has a streak going of like 20, I don't know, how many games in a row he's had a rushing touchdown. So FAU's got a good squad. So we're going to have a good game. We're going to have a good time. Who was a cornhole champ last time we, we did football? Remember, I mean, I went to a football game. Was it Brandon? Was it Brandon? Where, where's, oh, he's in Revival Kids. Hallelujah. He just had a birthday yesterday. Amen, 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 amen. Hey, I want to put something on your calendar for next week. Say next week. Next week we're having an offering, a special offering for uh, the prison ministry. They need Bibles. Uh, I was told, hey, we need Bibles. I'm like, who reads a paper Bible anymore? Who does that? Are you, if, if, who, who, reads, who reads a paper Bible more than, their, than the digital Bible? Look at that. Who reads a digital more than paper? Just so we know who doesn't read Bibles. We're just... <laughs> so, <laughs> just see if you can put up your hand for one or the other, and we know which one it is. I'm a prophet. God talks to me directly. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, hey, the prison, they don't get to bring in cell phones legally, uh, and so they need paper Bibles. And uh, here, here, I want you to hear this. $75 for a case of Bibles, right? 75 some of you, that's not a big deal. Some of you, it is a big deal. So I want you to go in with some friends and uh, find two or three people, whoever you can get to sponsor a, uh, a, a case of Bibles for $75. Does that make sense? Now, if you just want to give money, you can, but it'd be cool if you could just get two people, get three people, get together, raise $75, bring it next week so you can buy a case of Bibles. How many, how many cases do we need? 20? All right, we need 20 cases. That's not a big deal, right? So we need first service, we need 10 cases of Bibles. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. That's one night out dinner, right? She said, yep. Okay, so no date night this week. Thank you, Jesus. We're just going to give it to Bibles. Giving it to Bibles. Amen? Who believes the Word of God can change your life in prison? Who believes that? Do you really believe that? Seriously, if you believe it, come on. Let's, let's, let's see it happen. Amen? I believe it. What else are you going to do in prison? Sit around and read the Bible, right? I believe the Word of God has power to you. Amen. <clears throat> I've heard uh, people disparage, you know, like uh, prison conversion stories. I'm all for it. I'm all for prison conversion. I'm for street conversion. I'm for hospital conversion. I'm even for church conversion. I'm even believing for Christians to get converted to Christ. Amen? Are you with me? Fully believing Christians. That's what we want. Hallelujah. Well, welcome to Revival Life this morning. Got our model-esque uh, ushers over there. I was at a church. You had to uh, wear suits to be a usher here. You got to, I don't know, be an Instagram star or something. Hallelujah. I don't know. Whatever it takes. Amen. Famous. They'll be in the back. You can they'll post for pictures with you. 
after service. Hallelujah. I want to talk this morning about rediscovering the path of life. And if you've got a Bible, you can turn to um, Colossians chapter 1. That's where we're going to be parked, but I'm going to get there in a moment. <clears throat> rediscovering the path of life. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 says this. It says, Jesus said these words. He said, enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. <clears throat> I have um, I found that becoming a Christian inoculates me to a lot of stuff. Uh, it keeps me from doing some real stupid things out of guilt. Amen? There is a godly conviction that we can think is guilt, but it keeps us from doing dumb stuff. And I'm all for that. Amen? If religion keeps you from being stupid, then I hope you stay religious. Right? It's better that we do it out of a heart of love, but it's just good that we don't do it all together, right? If we just don't do dumb stuff, that's good, right? God really knows what's best for our lives, and becoming a Christian just keeps us from doing certain things. There are certain places that you won't go because you're afraid that somebody will see you there, and I'm okay with that. Amen? That's the power of community. That, that literally is you want your life to line up, actually, you want your reputation to line up with your professed ethics, and it takes community to hold you to your professed ethics. Right? And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with you saying, thinking, oh, I might go there. Oh, someone might see me there. I better not go. Well, you could say that's religion, and that's condemnation. No, no, no. What that actually is, is the Holy Spirit is saying, that's not who you really are, and if other people see you there, they'll know that's who you really are, and that's not who you want to be. So, what you'll do is just He'll use that power of conviction, the power of um, uh, conviction that comes from someone else catching you to keep you on the right path. That's good, right? So becoming a Christian will inoculate you to certain things. Uh, unfortunately, becoming a Christian will also inoculate you to certain convictions. Becoming a, a Christian, uh, just by profession, means that there's certain things that you don't need to learn because you've already learned them. Does that make sense? And we begin to inoculate ourselves uh, from certain doctrines because we feel like we already have them and we don't need them anymore. Unfortunately, a lot of kids grow up in Christian homes and they think because they grew up in a Christian home, they know everything. They think because they grew up in a Christian home, they know the path of life and they don't need to be taught anymore. And all of a sudden, they find out there's a whole world they didn't know anything about and they lose their faith. Uh, especially this happens to PKs and, um, and it's not just PKs, it's people when your parents are extremely active in church uh, and you're in church all the time. They think because you're in church a lot, somehow that you have some sort of ethical transformation and you somehow know the way better than other people. When really what we know is familiarity sometimes breeds contempt. And so <clears throat> since we feel like we are Christians and I'm in church all the time or maybe I serve a lot or maybe I give well, there's certain scriptures that are meant for unbelievers and there are certain scriptures that are meant for believers. Clearly, this scripture about the, 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 the wide path and the narrow is meant for lost people and how they get right, like us. And unfortunately, uh, it inoculates us from the greater truth that's in this, that really, there is a narrow gate that leads to life. And there is a wide path that leads to destruction. And the gate is small, and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there's a... There's a, there's a um, a popular teaching 
um, that is going around that is absolutely true that says that the kingdom of God is beyond the cross. We enter in through the cross. We enter into the kingdom. And that is absolutely true. Uh, but that taken too far can mean that once we've entered in through the cross, anything goes. Now all of a sudden we're on such a wide road, it's impossible to fall off the path. And, and of course, that, that's, that's, that's an error. And here's what I have found. I have found that we can be walking with Jesus for a long time. We can actually be walking with Him down a road, following Him, going on the path, not, not purposefully sitting, not purposefully turning away from God, but at some point finding ourselves completely adrift. Completely adrift. We don't know how we got to where we are. We don't know where we're going. We don't know, like, what are we supposed to be doing in this season? We just are drifting out there. And, and, and we didn't even recognize it. We're just, we, were in, we thought we were in the crowd walking with Jesus. And then one day we looked up and we don't see Him anywhere near us. We don't know what we're supposed to be doing. We don't, our life doesn't look anything like it looked like when we were seeking Him with all our heart. Uh, and, and, and maybe we're doing things that we 10 years ago wouldn't have done. Maybe, maybe, maybe five years ago, maybe when we got converted, when we first saw the cross, we wouldn't do these things. And now we're just out here drifting and we don't know. We don't know the path. And, and, and we, we, we desperately like, God, I, I'm, I'm looking. What is the next step? What is the next thing I'm supposed to be doing? Where am I supposed to be going? Where, where are we going here? And then we begin to question our faith altogether. Maybe I need to try something new. Maybe there's a new path. Maybe there's a new church. Maybe there's a new, maybe, maybe, maybe I need to find new discoveries. I'm, I have, um, I'm grieved to see, you know, in the 90s was birthed great, great, great revival. Just great revivals all over the world popped off in the 90s. Uh, and there were some, shall I say, stars, young stars of those revivals, uh, especially in the musical scene. And as I look back and I begin to search, where are these people now? Many of them where their faith was red hot in Christ, where their, their faith was, was, was on fire for seeing the presence and power of God. Now they're selling makeup, uh, multi-level makeup marketing. And I'm like, where, where, do, where do we miss it? Where, 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 where did we get adrift? Where, where do we think we graduated, but we didn't actually? And uh, I'm here to let you know today that we can enter back in to God's plan for our lives. We can enter back in from being adrift Onto the narrow path, we can enter back through the gospel. We can enter back in through the gospel. The same door that lets you in will let you in again. Amen? John 14.6 is still the same. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. It still is true. It hasn't changed. The gospel has not changed. The good news of the kingdom has not changed. We don't graduate from it. We don't move on from it. We don't get more mature than the gospel. That's not a beginner gospel. It's not a beginner doctrine. What happens is these beginner doctrines just begin more and more complex as we grow in our understanding of Christ. They become more rich. We see the implications are greater for more areas of our life. What seems so simple when we first met Him, as we study it, as we grow, we see the complexity of it. The Gospel isn't a basic beginner doctrine. The Gospel is the most complicated thing we could ever study. It's so complex. It's so difficult. 
It's so simple that even a child can understand it. The kingdom of heaven is like a, it's like this massive room, right? It's a massive room with one front door. I was, um, my son runs cross country, and I'm so proud of him and how he's been doing and his, and his team's been doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love him. And um, I was, uh, they have a lot of meets at South County Park over in uh, uh, West Boca. And uh, I, you know, I drive there for his meets uh, more often than I'd like to. Uh, but I, I'm there a lot, and um, I like going to his meets. I just don't like the going. Does that make sense? I like being at his meets. I don't like they're at, they're, He has to be there at 7 in the morning on a Saturday. Who wants to be there at 7 a.m.? Who wants to run? I mean, at least I'm not running, right? <clears throat> and so a couple weeks ago, like, he has to get there like an hour and a half before his meets. And uh, what I like to do is I'll, I'll drive him there, and I'll bring my bike. And uh, I got a new bike a couple weeks ago, so I was just kind of riding around the park. So I drive, he starts, he starts uh, you know, doing his team stuff. I got like an hour and a half before his race, so I started riding around the park. And South County Park, of course, is it's pretty big. It's, it's bigger than I thought it was. And I was riding my bike around it, and then I saw there was a new, um, new housing development they're building around there, and it's still under construction. So I was riding around it because once it's done, they're not going to let me in, right? So now I can check it out when I, you know. So I'm riding around and checking out the construction. I'm checking the neighborhoods around South County Park, going through the trails, riding around. And at some point, I find myself, I'm riding on a road, and the park is over there, but I'm on this road, and I don't know how to get back there from here. Does that make sense? I'm going in the same direction as the road in the park, but I'm not in the park, right? And I'm thinking to myself as I'm riding, I'm like, man, this feels like so many times in our walk with God, right? I feel like I'm going in the right direction, but I'm not where I'm supposed to be. And the problem was I didn't know how to get back to that road, right? And so I'm just riding around, and as I'm riding around, circling around, and not, not going to lie, pulled out my app, you know, had to figure out, you know, get a map out, figure out where I'm going. Get, I mean, sometimes check directions, it helps, right? So I pull it out, and, and what am I looking for? I'm looking for the gate. I'm looking for the gate. Once I get to the gate to the park, I know how to get where I need to get. I know the direction from the gate to where I need to go. And that's the kingdom. There is a gateway to the kingdom, and it is Jesus Christ. Right? And so sometimes we just find ourselves adrift in life. We're like, I don't, I don't know how to get back. How do I, I, there was a time I knew I, was, I knew I was on the right path at one point. And now I'm not, you know, I haven't given my life to the devil. I'm not acting stupid or anything like that. But, well, not fully stupid, right? And, uh, but, but I don't actually know how, wait, 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 how do I get back on this path? You know, I tried, I tried to muster up all my strength as if that would do it. Right? As if in, in and of myself I could do it. I tried to just, you know, come up with a game plan. That didn't work, right? You know, like, I'm just, so I'm just living life now. I'm just living life, coming up with other plans. Couldn't find my way back. There, there, you know, and, and sometimes we try other doors. We try other, other teachings. We try other pathways. But, but still, there's still one, one pathway back, and that's Jesus. And it's Jesus. Let's look at Colossians 1. I'm going to stand, start at the end of verse 5. One more slide. We're going to end, start at the end of the first slide. He goes, he says, <clears throat> he says, previously you've heard in the word of truth, the gospel, verse six, the gospel, which has come to you just as in all the world also, it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing, even as it has been doing in you also since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God in truth. Let's read that one more time, starting at the end of verse 5. He says, The gospel which has come to you, just as in all the world also, 
it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing, even as it has been doing in you also since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God in truth. If you're writing notes, and I hope you are, the first thing I want you to write down is the gospel is the living word of truth. It is the living word of truth. Lost people need truth and not uncertainty, right? When you're lost and you ask for directions, you don't need, you know, hey, I don't know how to get there. I'm supposed to be at this place at a certain time. Do you know where the place is? You know where the restaurant is we're going to? And you don't need somebody saying, well, I think it might be somewhere in the Northeast. You ever have people want to give you directions? You're like, I don't know where I'm going. Do you know how to get there? I think, I seem to remember it's over. That is not helpful. Your guesses are not helpful. They're not more, your guesses are not better than my guesses. I have been guessing, and if you're a guy like me, if I'm asking for directions, that means I've run out of guesses. I'm not asking for more guesses. Now I'm looking for certainty. Right? Does that make sense? I'm not looking for guesses. I'm looking for certainty. What is sure? What is true? I'm looking for somebody who has been there. Right? I'm looking for somebody who absolutely knows the direction I'm supposed to be going in. When you find yourself, and, and you find yourself adrift in your relationship with God, you find yourself adrift in Christ, and, and all of us are there at some point. When you find yourself adrift, I want you to just take your time and write down, list the things that you absolutely know to be true. When you find yourself disappointed, when you find yourself adrift, you thought you knew the way to go, and now you're not sure. Now you're not positive about that direction you thought God put you on. You don't know for certain that you went down the right path because it's not producing the fruit you thought it was going to produce. Take time. Pray. Get alone with God. Write down the things that you know to absolutely be true. So if you've gotten directions and the person knew exactly how to get there and you start following directions, this is what you do, right? You go back to the directions. Okay, it said turn left at Main. I did that. It said turn right at the stop sign. I did that. It said turn left at the restaurant. Oh, I didn't actually do that. No wonder we're lost. Right? You, tar- you write down the things you absolutely know to be true. Absolutely know to be true. Absolutely know to be true. And you start staring at those things. When you get a drift in God, write down the things you absolutely know to be true. This is what I know to be true. Man, I don't know about all this stuff that's not working well. I know this to be true. I know that Jesus Christ saved me. Okay, I know that. I know that he's called me here. I know that he's called me to Boca Raton. I know that he's called me to be married to Tracy Thomas. I know that he's called me to pastor Revival Life Church. I know that he has a future hope and plan for my life. Does this make sense? You start listening to what you know to be true. You start focusing on what you don't know. All you breed is more confusion. That's all you get. Go back to the beginning. Go back to the beginning. What do I know to be true? Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and to the Greek. See, the gospel is a sure foundation to start with. It's a sure foundation to start with. I don't know where I'm supposed to be going right now in this season. I don't know if I'm supposed to be going on that mission trip or I'm supposed to be going to that ministry school or I'm supposed to be, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Where do I start? How do I understand these, this task? How do I know the direction? How do I know what I'm supposed to be doing? Let's start with what we know. Let's start with what we know. Now, if you find yourself in every season not knowing anything, the sure foundation of last season is, is an unsure foundation for this season, then it's time to start building a little more slowly with some help. 
Time to start building a little more slowly with some help. Time and again, I, I meet with people and they want, they say, oh, pastor, you know, I really feel like I'm supposed to move here and go do this. I'm like, well, that's funny because last month you told me for sure, for sure, God said you're supposed to do that thing. And the month before that, you told me for sure, for sure, God said that you're supposed to be doing this thing. God is either very fickle or, or you're not very sure of what God has said. This is that accountability I told you about. I told you I'm a follower of Christ. I don't want you to see me go do that. Is this making sense? The gospel of Jesus Christ is a sure foundation. And I want you to see that it's alive. It's alive. It's a sure foundation that continues to live. When you first heard the gospel and you came to faith in Christ, do, do you remember how exciting that was? you remember how this, this thing has changed? When you, fully, when you first really got a revelation of what salvation was, when you fully got a revelation of what Jesus Christ did for you and who He really is. I remember when I first learned the ABCs. Like, I remember that, that age of my life, right? That has not gotten more complex, right? I have built upon that. I can go back to visit the ABCs and there's nothing more there to find. Amen? That's all there is. I learned how to tie my, tie my shoes in kindergarten. I remember learning to tie my shoes and I have not moved beyond that teaching at all. I'm still doing it the same way I did it in kindergarten. I've gotten no greater revelation. There's nothing deeper to learn from tying my shoes. You understand that, right? I remember when I learned Christ, when I really learned that He was my Savior, what He did for me, and I came into a personal relationship with Him. That has been alive ever since in my life. That continues to grow. It continues to expound. It, be, it, it's, it, is, it is alive on the inside of me. Second thing I want you to see from this, this Scripture in Colossians uh, 1.6 is that it is planted in us to bear fruit. This Gospel that we knew to be true, it's planted in us to bear fruit. Let's look at 1.6 again. It says, which has constantly come to you, just, excuse me, which has come to you just as in all the world also, it is constantly bearing fruit. It is constantly bearing fruit. I, uh, I, I, I plant fruit trees. I was checking out my banana trees last night. I'm going to have to pare them back a little bit. Uh, but I got to wait for season to come back for me to get more mangoes. I got to wait for season to come back for me to get more um, peppers. I got to wait for the season to come back for me to get bananas, Right? That's not the same as the gospel. There is no season that the gospel is not bearing fruit in your life. There's never a season that it's not bearing fruit. That's the tree that's planted by the living waters, that in every season it bears fruit. Every month it's bearing fruit. It is constantly bearing fruit in your life. This gospel will never stop bearing fruit. Does this make sense? Remember the parable of the seed in Matthew chapter 13? Remember Jesus said he, you know, the sower sowed seed everywhere, right? On the rocky ground and uh, on the wayside and on the good soil. You remember this, right? Remember what happened on the rocky ground? On the rocky ground, it didn't have depth of root. So it shot up really fast, but burned out quickly. Funny thing about, um, <clears throat> funny thing about that, that parable, at no point does, does, does Jesus say to choose where you sow the seed. It's not in there. He says, listen, the seed is going to get shed everywhere. And it's going to be more fruitful some places than the other. And the, and the key to that is make sure your heart is good soil. Right? Because the seed is going to grow wherever you put it. It could be trampled. It's still going to grow. It may not last, but it will grow. 
on the rocky ground, it's going to grow. It may not last, but it's going to grow. Because wherever you cast the seed of the gospel, it says in the Bible, Jesus said when he interpreted that, that parable, that the seed was the word of God. Wherever you send it, it's going to grow. It can't, it can't come back void. Amen? And so here, put up my first picture, if you would, please. So if you're a homeowner, see that little, if you're a homeowner, it's like, like you might look at that and think, wow, that's kind of cute. But if you're a homeowner, that kind of worries you. Now, if you look at this, you say there's no way that that plant can grow in that rocky ground. See, the word of God was planted in your heart and it's growing wherever you let it grow. Wherever you let the word of God grow, wherever you let the gospel grow, it will grow. Wherever there is a yielding heart, it will grow. And in the natural, that is a very bad place to grow. But if you keep casting seed there, put up my next slide if you would. Eventually, this is going to happen. The word of God breaks any hard ground. The gospel of Jesus Christ will move anything in its way to continue to grow. It displaces everything else. As long as you keep returning to the gospel, it will displace every barrier, every hardened heart. It will replace every, every deception in your life. You keep returning to the gospel. All of a sudden, you'll see this thing that you thought was a big obstacle in your life is not that big of an obstacle because the gospel of Jesus Christ will grow and displace it. Does this make sense? We have our pet doctrines and we, put, we specialize on little things. You keep focusing on the gospel. And eventually, you can just see on the left is, is, is your arguments against Jesus and, and the right slab over there are your pet doctrines. And in the middle, there's the gospel. And it's going to grow in spite of wherever you plant that seed. Does that make sense? The gospel is living. It is living. Third thing I want you to see. It continues to grow in us and renews us. It continues to grow in us and, re and renew us. Isaac, can you do me a favor and give me my water out of my office? Are you having a good time? I want you to be encouraged today. I want you to be encouraged today. It's less about your effort and more about your heart returning to Jesus and the gospel. And he'll do all the work. He really will do all the work. He, he really he did it all. He did it all and he'll continue to do it all as long as you keep focusing on that. I was going to buy a fancy table to match. you like my new podium? Fancy dancy, right? I'm ready for the big time now. I was going to buy a matching table, but I thought I had one right there. I'm good to go. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number three, it continues to grow in us and renew us. Back to Colossians 1.6. He says, this gospel which has come to you just as in all the world also it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing, even as it has been doing in you also since the day you heard of it. <clears throat> this gospel, it becomes visible to everyone around us. Hear me, when, you're, when you keep returning to the source, as you keep returning to Jesus, you focus on what Jesus did for you, as you focus on the gospel, as you focus on how Jesus tore the veil between uh, God and us, how there really is no blockage and we can continue to return to Him. As you live a life of believing the gospel, all of a sudden it becomes visible to those around you. It becomes visible and you begin sharing it with the people around you. When the gospel is real in your life, you share it. When you are focused on other things, we don't share it. But the gospel is so simple and we see how it applies to everybody's life. 
It applies to all of us around us. It, it applies to everyone in our sphere of influence. The gospel will change anybody's life who gets involved in it. Amen? Now, our pet uh, doctrines on angels or our pet doctrines on what revival is and what revival is in and how healing works and how healing doesn't work, that doesn't apply to everybody. The gospel applies to everybody. Whoever gets involved in the gospel, whoever will even crack their heart open to the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He never sinned, that He died on the cross for us. That because of that sacrifice, we can come into relationship with the Father. But that sacrifice did not stay dead. On the third day, He rose again from the dead. And then He ascended up into heaven where He's praying for us, and one day He's coming back. Anybody who gets involved in that process will experience gospel life. Amen? We like to say, you know, in, in, in this charismatic world that there's special anointed people and there's anointed things you have to do and anointed places you got to go to. Anybody who gets involved in the gospel is going to get the Holy Ghost. Anybody involved in the gospel will get the Holy Ghost. It's the promise of God's word. Amen. And as we live this gospel life, we begin to share this gospel life. We share it with the people around us. We share the story of Jesus Christ because the more we study it, the more relevant we see it is to every phase of our life. prodigal son was away from God. He was away. The way back to the father, he knew it instinctively. Ran back repenting. Ran back repenting. I was on the right path, but now I'm not. Forgive me. Help me out. And as he was ready to work himself back into the family, the father was there, ready to receive him. That's good news, amen? That's really good news. And today, if you're, if you're away, if you're adrift, if you don't know where God has you, today's your day. You just get to, it's, a, it's a decision away. As we continually return to the Father, we can share that returning with the people around us. And the fourth thing I want to share with you, the last thing here, Court, come on up. <laughs> we have to look, appreciate, and understand what God is doing. We have to look, appreciate and understand what God is doing. He says to us in, in, in 1 Corinthians that he says, he has also been doing this in you also since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God and truth. The more you study this God's grace, the more you study the gospel, the greater you understand it, the greater you appreciate it, and the more his presence grows in your life. Watch this, 2 Corinthians 4.16 Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. Our inner man is being renewed day by day. Our inner man is being renewed day by day. Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. If we look, appreciate, and understand this gospel, it continues to grow. It continues to flourish. It continues to bear fruit. That seed in your life will eventually break ground just like that sidewalk. That, that cracked path, that, 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 that path of uncertainty. And I just feel like there's so many of you who are called to share this gospel with the people around you. I just feel like there's so many people in this house who were created for revival, who created created for the harvest, 
who created to see the harvest come in. And we tried to do all the things that all the books tell us to do. The Gospel does all the work for us. The Gospel does all the heavy lifting. Ask someone who's, who's winning souls all the time, what do you share? They're sharing the Gospel. They're sharing the Gospel. He said we need to come to the Father like a little child. We need to come like a child. Amen? What does a child in the faith have to learn? Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We need to come like a child. Stand with me. We're going to sing this stanza one more time. And I believe God's going to begin to do something in some hearts this morning. And if you're away from God, we're just going to pray together right now. And I'm going to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we've missed your path. We've missed your direction. We've gotten off the course. And I thank you, Father, that you're so loving and forgiving that you've provided a way back. We really want to walk in your ways. And I know even as I'm, I'm praying this, I, I know the reservation of those who are considering the, the cost, what it would cost to fully follow you. And Lord, I, I, have, I, have, I have tallied up that cost and I know it only costs sin. It only, only reaps benefits. So Father, I thank you I thank you for Jesus Christ on the cross. Wow, I just feel hearts all over this room reconnecting to God. And I just declare freedom over every person in this room who's having a hard time, who still has reservations, who's still holding back. But if I follow Jesus, what will it mean about this? And so I pray for your idolatry this morning. And I pray that God will forgive you of that idolatry and He will deliver you. That you will be humble enough to repent of that. And you would have no idol before God. That He would have the last word in every area of your life. Father, I declare freedom. I declare bravery in boldness this morning. As we begin to sing this, just begin to lift your heart to Jesus and know that He'll do it again. I've seen you move You move the mountains And I believe I'll see you do it again You made a way Where there was no way And I believe I'll see you to it again. I've seen you move. You move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you to it again. You made a way where there was no way, and I believe I'll see you to it again. Come on, just make that decision right now, Jesus. I'm coming back to you through your gospel. I'm connecting to you, God, and I'm following you in this next season. I'm following you in this next season. 
following you in this next season, Jesus. And I'll have no God before you. Come on, let's sing it one more time. a gospel story to tell their friends and family this week. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer with us today, why don't you turn off the vocalist microphone? You'll get feedback. If you prayed that prayer today, uh, we have some people right here at the front. If I have the prayer team come forward. If you need healing in your body, our prayer team would love to pray for you right now. Come forward, please, quickly. If you need prayer in your body, if you need healing in your body, if you need restoration, if you need prayer for anything, we have people right here at the front. If you give me a second, I'd love to say hello to you in the lobby. We love you. Have an amazing week. They're probably going to sing for a minute, and then they're going to just play some music. Amen? Give a shout to God if you would.